Hi, I'm Zane, and this is Thundercast. Today, we'll be talking to Miss Michelle Hayes, who is a Spanish teacher here at Eastern Green High School. What inspired you to teach Spanish specifically? Uh, when I was in high school, my Spanish teacher was really, really important to me. She was a person who I could go and talk to if I had problems, and I just fell in love with the subject because she loved it so much. So, And I was pretty good at it. So you're just good at it off the bat? Mm-hmm. When I went to college, I thought I would teach English or Spanish. So I'm actually certified to teach both, but I've always taught Spanish here. Did you always want to be a teacher? Yeah, I actually did. I was one of the few people, you know, most people go to college and they change their major a few times. I never did. I knew I wanted to teach high school specifically. I just wasn't sure whether I'd be able to get a job teaching Spanish or English. And that's why I had a major in both. So you actually wanted to be an English teacher? No, I really wanted to teach Spanish, but I was encouraged to add another subject to make myself more marketable so I Mm. could find a a job. Have you ever traveled to another country? Yeah, I spent total about three and a half years living in Spain where I got my master's degree. I lived in Santiago de Compostela, which is in northwestern Spain in Galicia, And yeah, it was beautiful. I did that before I got married and had kids. So you went to college in Spain? For my master's degree. I went to Indiana University for my bachelor's. Was it difficult understanding what they were saying? At first, yeah, because they talk really fast. (laughs) (laughs) And also in Galicia, they speak a regional language called Gallego, which is sort of like Portuguese mixed with Spanish. So I kind of had to learn to navigate that as well. Can you, like, understand Portuguese now? I can understand quite a bit. I can't respond in it, but I can understand it. Were there any, like, challenges that were particularly (laughs) hard? It was kind of a weird feeling being all alone in a foreign country where not a soul knew me at first. That was a strange feeling, getting off the plane, and I had to get myself to the northern part of Spain. And yeah, But it was an experience. I'm glad I did it. What happened as you were going... Northward. Well, at that time in Spain, people could smoke in airplanes. So I didn't want to fly on the Spanish airline Iberica from Madrid all the way north because it would just be a horrible experience. So I actually took a train where I slept overnight in a bunk with like six other people (laughs) who I didn't know. It was kind of cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. The train ride was about 10 and a half hours. Did they serve dinner? Well, you had to go to the food car to get your meal, but yeah, yeah, they did. It it was a very European thing to do. (laughs) Hmm. Any, like, interesting stories? (laughs) Um, Like maybe a weird person you encountered or something? We did a lot of stuff while we were there. Um, It was just me, and I met a group from the United States in Galicia, and we traveled, we went pretty much all over Spain, and we went to these beautiful islands called the Islas Cies, and we took a boat out there and stayed, and that was probably my favorite place in Spain. It was just so beautiful, and then about eight years ago, I think it's been, there was a horrible oil spill, and those islands are just not the same again yet. 
So I often think back to that time. Do you have any techniques, special ways that you've found to make it easier to learn Spanish? You know, when when you're learning a foreign language, like when I learned it in high school, because students always ask me, are you Spanish? No, I'm not at all. When you're learning it in high school, you're building all those foundations, but you're never truly fluent until you live there. It was a very different thing to think in Spanish 24-7, and you know, it, it, it just takes so much practice. So just being around people that yeah. speak Spanish. Yeah, I mean, every single day. Like, I didn't think in English anymore when I came home, and it was hard to shift back. That's surprising. Like, I can't imagine myself thinking in any other language. <laughs> How long did it take you to get to that point where you were just like, thinking in Spanish? The first year when I went, let's see, I got there in, it was early June, right after school let out here. And the first two weeks were really stressful because you really had to think hard and ask people to slow down. But once I got through that first two weeks, I would say by mid-July, I didn't think in English anymore. And every summer when I would go back, it was the same thing. You needed that adjustment period. Yeah, I bet you'd have to ask them to slow down because they talk really quick. They talk so fast. Like, I couldn't understand people speaking that quickly in English sometimes, so. Yeah, I can't put out, like, normal, actual sentences that mean things in Mm -hmm. English that quick. So how has the virus affected your job as a teacher? Not in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) I would say these past three years have been the hardest years of my career teaching because I feel like I'm consistently doing two to three jobs every single day. But I will say this, last year when everybody was virtual, it was horrible. I missed having kids in my room. And I always told friends it was like virtual learning took all of the great parts of teaching and just left you with the work of teaching, if that makes sense. It, I, I've never been so happy to see kids walk through that door as after that extended break. I'm, I'm ready for COVID to be done. <laughs> but I think everybody is ready for that. None of the face-to-face, like, socializing. Yeah, I was tired of talking to people in boxes on my computer. None of the actual human interaction. Yeah, well, you're in my class, you know. I mean, I like to talk to you guys, and and you you make me laugh. I have a good time with you. (laughs) So I really missed that. What sort of challenges does students being quarantined and some not being quarantined bring? I'm a fairly organized person, I like to think. But it is hard to keep track of which kids are at home, which kids are here, what day you have to you know, open up the Google Meet, when do I not have to worry about it? I just can't keep everything straight sometimes, so. Yeah, I'd imagine, because that's a lot of kids to keep track of. Yeah, and, you know, if if I have an assignment that is on paper, I have to scan it, send it out. That takes time, too. So I usually get here around 7 every day so that I can get all of that stuff done before school actually starts. How has COVID, like, affected your family life? (laughs) Um, that first spring when everybody was locked down it was kind of rough my husband kept working because he's a postal employee so they were essential workers Um, and that was good in a way because you know everybody got a break from each other but it was bad too because we knew he might be bringing it home 
But I had a lot of time to spend with my son that I probably wouldn't have had otherwise. We watched the entire Mythbusters series during quarantine, all 20 seasons. And <laughs> that was a real bonding experience. So it was good and bad. What kind of shows do you like? So like mystery? Uh, no, I mainly watch comedy shows. Like, the real world has enough sad things. I don't need to see that on TV. I love It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Doctor Who. That's kind of sci-fi. I like Doctor Who. But probably the the worst thing I watch is Days of Our Lives, which is a soap opera my mom got me started on. And I watch that without fail every day when I get home. <laughs> it is mindless escapism. That's converse to my mom because she likes to watch horrible things about murders and yeah. every other crime that the scum of humanity. I like do. some of those shows, but after a while, it's just like it's depressing. No, mm-hmm. I want to see funny things. Oh, yeah. Seinfeld! I love Seinfeld too. Oh yeah, that's a good show. I still watch Seinfeld all the time. So, did you grow up here in Indiana, or did you come here from somewhere else? I was born in Kentucky. But my family moved around quite a bit. I went to 12 different elementaries when I was young. But when my brother, who's two years older than me, when he got to high school age, my mom said, we're not moving now. We're going to let the kids go to the same high school all four years. So both my brother and I went to Brown County High School, and that's where I really considered to be my home. I lived there the longest, worked at the state park there as a lifeguard for years. Um, And then when I came to Bloomington to go to IU, I didn't live at home. I did come over here and I just stayed in Bloomington. So were you in a military family? No, my dad just job hopped a lot. (laughs) He would go from job to job to job to job. (laughs) So we moved quite a bit. And I remember my dad telling me, one day you'll thank me for this. You'll be able to talk to any stranger you meet because I I always had to do that. And he is right. I can. I can just stand anywhere and talk to whoever. So I'm not shy. (laughs) So are you thankful for his job hopping? I don't know that I would say thankful, but I think it's like most things in life. Everything has a good and a bad side. Mm. So I'm going to choose to be grateful for that good side rather than, you know, be sad about the bad side of it. Yin yang. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people are grateful enough anymore. You got to be grateful for all the wonderful things we have. Yeah. A lot of it we take for granted. Yeah, we do. Do you feel like that experience has helped you? At all in teaching? Um, it's made me, it, it made me very, very grateful when I got hired at Eastern because this really became like a family to me. And that's why I've stayed here so long. I mean, this is my 30th year here. And I, I just, I wouldn't leave. I'll, I'll retire from here because of that. Mm-hmm. It is a pretty small school. We mm-hmm. all do have pretty good relationships with the teachers. Yeah, I like that I actually get to see kids go through school and I really know them when they graduate. My kids go to South because we live in Bloomington and uh, my kids don't really know any of their teachers because the school is so big. Like they would never go talk to a teacher about a problem. And in a way, I think that's kind of sad 
I, I like our school. Were there any kids that you've um, that you've been able to connect with better because of that? I like to think when kids move in to our school district, I always think that must be really hard because we are such a small school, and so many of you guys started in kindergarten together and go all the way through. It's not like a big school where they can just blend in. So when kids do move in, I think I tend to take them under my wing a little bit more and maybe give them more help than they would get at a bigger school. You know, I just, I try to find another kid in class to sit with them and work with them so they have someone to eat lunch with and all of those kind of things. Friend matchmaking. Friend matchmaking. Friend matchmaking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that word. Do you think that's helped you uh, uh, form a special connection with like any student specifically? I like to think so. I mean, there are several students who I have kept in touch with over the years. I've been to their weddings, you know, met their children. I, I don't think teachers at other schools necessarily get to do that all the time. A, a few of them have actually been babysitters for me over the years. So, yeah, yeah, I think I have. Have you ever uh, taught the kids of any students? Yeah, right now I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am almost to the point where I'll have grandkids. Almost. Almost. <laughs> and yeah, it makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> Hardest part about it is some of them look so much like their parents that I still call them by their parents' name. When I look at them, I'll go, Jeremy or whatever. And you do do that, I remember. Yeah, yeah I do. I do that all the time. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on to the Thundercast with us today. No problem. I was happy to come. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Thundercast. Please tune in for our next episode very soon. If you have any suggestions or comments, please email us at thundercast at egreen.k12.in.us. Subscribe to hear every episode of Thundercast at iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean. All content in this podcast is property of Eastern Green School Corporation and may not be used without express written permission. All rights reserved.